to the Call on Our Shot podcast. I'm Austin. I'm joined by Logan. And this is our weekly podcast that's posted every morning or every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. If you want to download the podcast and listen to it on your drive to work or whatever, the link is in the description or just go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Call on Our Shot and give us a good rating. But without further ado, Logan, we have an action-packed episode. With some you know, The past couple weeks, we've been like, what are we going to talk about? But we got plenty <laughs> of time. The MLB back with the NFL free agency in a full loop, and we're going to answer, be answering your guys' questions as well that you submitted to us. But without further ado, Logan, how are you doing, man? I'm I'm doing amazing because every single week when we when we would talk about this, we'd be like, "Can baseball just come back to give us something else to talk about?" Well, not only is baseball back, but the NFL is just churning out all these news stories. It's amazing, and I'm I'm not even going to spend any more time because I definitely want to dive right into it. Yeah, 100%. So today's episode, this is how it's going to go. We're going to start with the NFL. We're talking about some of the biggest news and whatnot going on there. Then we're going to transition to a couple of your guys' questions. We're going to end with the MLB, talking about some future bets that we like, some things we think have decent value on them. And we're going to try to address the biggest moves in both of the NFL and MLB kind of free agency slash trade kind of season. And we're just going to get after it. Again, shout out to our COS All-Stars. We appreciate all you guys for supporting the channel. Click that like button too. Subscribe if you're new. And let's get it into it. And I don't really skip this one. Tom Brady, he's back. I mean, and what was your initial reaction? Because I know we've kind of, you know, there were some reports that were like, yeah, is he really retired? I mean, he did play 20, what, 22 years, and now he's back for 23rd. But did we ever really think he was going – I don't even know what to do with this story, but what was your initial reaction when you saw the news? Because I, I was at Disney, I think I was at Disney. I was super busy, and you were like, nice. <laughs> you just texted me. I was like, oh, brother. Yeah, you know, it, it was, again, as a fan of a team in the NFC South, I was quite pissed off. I'm like, why do you tease me like this? Like, what? You told me you were leaving. You told me you were retiring out of the division, and I was excited because the Bucks were about to be a bottom feeder team. But hello, somehow Tom Brady has returned. If you if you know the Star Wars quote, you know it. Uh, but, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really like, it's one of those, he wasn't even retired long enough to really, to, for it to sink in for me, it just kind of felt like he took a few weeks in the offseason was like, I don't know if I want to do this. But then, you know, maybe, maybe he saw Aaron Rodgers and he, he saw his competitive juices started flowing. And he's like, you know what? Unfinished business. I'm the GOAT, but I need to be the GOAT even harder. What, whatever. NFL, you know, it, the NFL is better with Tom Brady. Love him or hate him. It is better with him. So, again, it's it, it's a it's a good story nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I know you always talk about good pulse for the for the Philadelphia city. And as a person that lives in Tampa, I can tell you the people are amped up. They were really concerned. They were like, oh, no, what's going to happen without Tom Brady? What are we going to do? This team's going to go back to being the the terrible uh, bucks that we've seen for the past, more or less the past 20 years of this team not being all too good. But now everyone's back in happy spirits. Another year of Tom Brady, another year to just go back after it. They're making a couple moves you know, to improve the team. I think they just signed Russell Gage. Um, I believe they signed a couple other guys, bringing a couple guys back as well. But I don't know how you – I mean, you're all right. The NFL is much, much better with Tom Brady active and playing. I mean, yeah, I I mean, I've had a lot of seasons where I hate Tom Brady. I got the Jets pennant in the back. He gave me a lot of pain throughout the years, better part of my whole life. I mean, he's basically been playing football for both of our whole lives that we've That's ever true. watched That's football. True. So exactly our whole life. This would have been our first year without Brady. But – I'm excited for him back. Excited to see what the Bucks do. Obviously, Chris Godwin coming back from ACL injury, but hey, the Bucks are going to be right back up there. I didn't check at the futures odds, but I imagine the Bucks are right near the top in the top four or five in terms of teams, and they got an yeah. easy path with their division being absolutely terrible. We'll see hey. exactly. Uh, we'll <laughs> talk maybe about another guy that might improve a couple uh, teams in the division. But yeah. hey, you got to be excited if you're a Bucks fan. Tom Brady's back, and it's i mean whatever i mean dude maybe he just didn't want to answer press questions for a month and he's like you know what whatever i'll just retire and then i'll return maybe when i'm ready maybe tom brady wanted to see how his retirement was received and then be like ah no i got you like like one of those like i mean this is the ultimate kind of troll moment everyone was making tribute videos giving thomas flowers and he's like yeah no you guys can keep that we're i'm, I'm coming back better than ever probably I, I'm really interested to see because we see it all the time in quarterbacks, the drop off. When is the Tom Brady drop off coming? Right? right. Like the theoretical cliff that Tom Brady has dodged all this time. Do we maybe start to see it now? Probably not. Unless you know, the, the big question is, I don't know how much better or worse the Bucks offensive line is getting in the offseason. Really, I, I'm not a Bucks fan. Don't track that. But I'm interested to see because if they don't protect Tom Brady, um, he might be regretting coming back. Just FYI, he, he did get pressured a lot in that Rams game. 
saw you saw what happens when Tom Brady gets some pressure. So it, it's a, it's for sure a storyline to monitor next year. Yeah, I believe they lost Alex Kappa, who was one of their yeah. guards, to the Bengals. So props to the Bengals for trying to address their offensive line. Yeah. Uh, they brought back Ryan Jensen, who, if I'm not mistaken, I don't follow the Bucks 100%. thought Ryan mm-hmm. Jensen retired as well, and then he said, and he signed for like three years or something like that. I mean, I guess that's a Tom Brady effect. But, yeah, I remember in the Rams yeah. game, they did have a couple injuries. Uh, Trent, Tristan Wirfs or whatever was injured yeah. in that game. So, obviously, he's a guy on the – I think he's a right tackle, if I'm not mistaken, or left tackle, one of the tackles. But – yeah, Tom Brady's got to stay upright or you got no chance of winning. But either way, it's going to be fun to see him back. And then another guy that we might be returning, I mean, we've kind of hinted at him, Deshaun Watson. I don't really know. You know, we won't spend too much time on him because we probably will spend a lot more time in the coming weeks um, mm-hmm. on Deshaun Watson whenever the trade news goes down. But Deshaun Watson, he was, you know, not charged with anything, not saying he's necessarily guilty or, or innocent, but he's not facing any charges, I believe, in the federal uh, legal system. And then, who knows what the NFL will do to suspend him or do whatever they do. But we should see a Deshaun Watson trade in the coming, uh, you know, next week, two weeks leading up to the NFL draft. And we're Carolina Panthers, our team right at the top of it. So what are your yeah. thoughts on him? I doubt you think you're going to get him because that's that's what the Panthers do. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'm cautiously optimistic. He is one of the teams rumored to be finalists. But it's if you start to look at the list and the reporting, it's like, well, there's a bunch of teams still currently in the running. So, again, the dust is, is far from settled on this whole Deshaun Watson situation. Not only what team he'll go to, uh, and, and then, then also what potential repercussions he might face within the league. So, like, this is one of those storylines that, like, yeah, you know, damn, I'd love the Panthers to upgrade from Sam Darnold to Deshaun Watson because even as rusty as Deshaun Watson might be, distraction or no distraction, he's 10 times better than Sam Darnold. So it's like one of those, I'm monitoring it, I'm cautiously optimistic, but it's definitely something we're going to probably talk about this weeks to come because it's far from over for sure. 100%. Yeah, we don't really know. I mean, he could be traded before this episode even goes live at 10 a.m. Eastern True. time on Wednesday. Then we were recording this at 7 p.m. on on Tuesday night. So we'll talk about him a little bit more. I'm just as your as your friend. I'm hoping you guys get him. I love Deshaun Watson. Love rooting for him. Super cool. Yeah. And he'd be returning close to his, his uh, alma mater at Clemson. So that'd be pretty mm-hmm. cool, too. But knowing our luck, he's probably going to the New Orleans Saints, and that's just going to be a headache for you for the next decade plus. So that's just how how the NFL seems to work for our favorite teams. But we'll talk about him in a little bit. But another guy that was traded, and we'll kind of switch orders that we had pre-show, Carson Wentz. He was traded right after. I believe he was traded on Wednesday right after our podcast Mm -hmm. went live to the Commanders. Um, This is a big move. Our Commanders back? Or (laughs) in the future? All right. You know what? I'm going to be the the scorching hot take guy. I'm going to say that this actually does make Washington better simply because, you know, Taylor Heineke, love him. Gritty as hell. He was, he's one of those players that I love watching, but he just wasn't the long-term answer. Carson Wentz at least can, can make you feel like, all right, this guy can, can get us to the playoffs. He can play at a higher, like Carson Wentz's ceiling is higher than Heineke's, right? Does that make sense? We've, we've, we've seen Carson Wentz in, in MVP form prior to the injuries. Now, a lot of, you know, clowns out there on social media want to say, well, watch what FedEx Field does to an injury-prone Carson Wentz. Yeah, RIP. That's a big question mark. Can he stay healthy enough? I mean, sure. I'd love to see Carson Wentz play a full season and see what he does. But, like, he left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth. In that in that Jacksonville game, that the Colts just said, "Absolutely not, buddy, get out of town." So it, it was it was it was it was like a, it was one of those just mutually agree part ways. And Carson Wentz, I hope you know for his sake, he carries that chip on his shoulder and he says, "Look, I get to face my old team, Philadelphia Eagles, twice a year, and the Philly fan will be ready for him." By the way, and you know, I just get to go to a team that's got some decent young talent and again, prove yourself. This is there. There's we'll talk about some quarterbacks, but. You know, Sam Darnold was on a prove, it's, prove yourself deal last year. Mitch Trubisky, we'll talk about in a minute. He's on a prove yourself. And Carson Wentz, also on a prove, it, prove yourself kind of deal this year. 100%. They did a big commitment by taking in all of his salary, which he's got another couple of years at like 20 plus million a year. Carson Wentz is an interesting guy to project. Now, if you look strictly at his stats last year, honestly, he had a pretty good year. I mean, he had 27 touchdowns, like seven interceptions. Didn't look at his fumbles. I don't, I don't need to see that. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to see that number. Uh, we're just looking at touchdowns and interceptions. I mean, watching Carson Wentz is honestly like like getting giving yourself a headache. Now, if you want to watch some fun, you know, headache-free uh, NFL football on Sundays, 
probably don't want to tune into Carson Wentz because that guy is taking a lot of risks. But honestly, I kind of think that might be what this commander's team needs. And I am honestly predicting a career year for Terry McLaurin. Now, a lot of people expected Scary Terry to have a great year last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then obviously Fitzy was out within the first like week or two. And then it was Taylor Heineke's show basically the rest of the season. Um, But I really like Carson Wentz because what is he not afraid of doing and sometimes comes to the detriment? Launching the deep ball. We've seen Terry McLaurin really become one of the elite deep ball catchers, kind of going and making those contested catches. So I wouldn't be surprised if Terry McLaurin has a breakout year. I think he'll be a little bit undervalued in fantasy football. So a guy that I'm looking at, I think he's going to be on a breakout campaign. But I'm just hoping for the day that Carson Wentz, you know, puts it all together, stops getting injured every game, stops spraining both ankles on like the same play. Like just to just just cool it down. You don't need to win the game on every single play. And no. I think if he doesn't do that, I mean, you're right. That If the Jaguars had not won that final game for the Colts, I think Colts fans would be like, all right, Carson Wentz might be the future. But the yes. fact that he just absolutely imploded, they lost to the Jags and didn't make the playoffs. They just had to cut the head. They just, nope. We they literally, I, I mean, honestly, prior to that, I know he had a couple duds to end the season. But prior to that, they were like, the Carson Wentz experiment was, you know, experience was fine. But then that game just mm-hmm. absolutely just, nosedived his whole uh Colts career but still I'm excited for the commanders I mean Taylor Heineke is who he is so I'm excited to see what they do with him hopefully Ron Rivera can get the crew rallied around him and hopefully they can get back to winning some football games yeah look I just as you were talking I kind of you know created an analogy in my head like Carson once is he was it's kind of like he's a factory worker right like he's he's putting out some pretty standard work you know he's quietly you know building the product and everything but then he just sets the factory on fire. And and like he, he didn't have his boss's like attention negatively before. And then he just absolutely lit the fa- factory on fire. And they're like, we gotta fire you, dude. Like <laughs> you, you got you, you, you just you just burned this place to the ground. That's what he did in Indy. It was like, it was like, don't give us a reason to fire you. And this is a job at the end of the day. And they're like, you gotta go. Like the door is over there. You you can't lose to the hapless Jaguars in a in a must-win game. You can't do it. So like I said, I hope he carries that chip on his shoulder. At the end of the day, the NFL is a business. You know, you're not performing. You won't be in the league long. So, you know, Carson Wentz, potentially your last opportunity. We'll, we will see. Um, That's true. Okay. He could be in a, in a, after this couple next couple of year or whatever, he could be a backup QB kind of going. And speaking of another backup QB, getting another second chance, Mitchell yeah. Trubisky. Coming from the Buffalo Bills, obviously only played there for, what, like a year? And then now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it looks like his job to lose. Obviously, Mason Rudolph is still there, but I don't think Steelers fans want to see any more Rudolph um, unless it's on Christmas time. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave now. Um, but still, Mitchell Trubisky, I want to just tackle him because I honestly love this pickup for the Steelers. Now, granted, you know, Steelers fans might have came into the offseason. They were like, well, Rodgers is a free agent. Uh, Russell Wilson is kind of on the move. We want one of those two guys. And while, you know, those two guys are obviously not coming into the Pittsburgh and being a Steeler, I think Mitchell Trubisky honestly has a lot to prove in this one. I mean, we think about him and the Bears. You think about just absolutely, you're like, it feels like everyone has this negative connotation that Mitchell Trubisky is completely terrible. And I don't blame him necessarily, but I think Mitchell Trubisky, this is an ideal scenario for him because number one, He's coming into a situation where he has a lot of talent around him. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster likely not returning, but obviously got Najee Harris. They got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and they just watched a year or two of Big Ben. And Ben Ben Roethlisberger, if he didn't have Roethlisberger on the back of his uniform, he would have been getting booed off the field every single game because he was literally that bad. But with Mitch Trubisky, he was good with the Bears, led them to the playoffs in the first couple, in one of the first first year or two, and he was dealing with Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, we know, was just a, he. I don't need, he bet the under on Bears win totals at, at the beginning of the season every single year because he was absolutely terrible for him. So I'm excited for Mitch Trubisky. We know he has a lot of talent. We saw him step in when Josh Allen was blowing out other teams, obviously playing against like second string guys. But Trubisky has a lot of talent, has a good arm, obviously was a high draft pick. I'm excited for him. I think he's a sleeper. Um, I think he's going to have a really good season. He's got plenty of talent around him. Not like they're going to ask him to, to win the game uh, solely by himself, but you think about the Bears team, their defense was wishy-washy when he was there, and their offense was just a hot mess with Nagy at the helm. I'm really excited for Trubisky. Maybe too high. Maybe he can humble me and tell me I'm an idiot. Yeah, well, I'm not only going to humble you, but I'm going to ask that we timestamp this specific thing. So when he is stinking it up during the year, we can come back to this and remember how high you were on Matt – or I almost said Matt Nagy – on Mitch Trubisky. But at the end of the day, 
I, you know, when this news first happened, I kind of texted you and I was like, and you were, you were really high on him. Like you, like you just expressed now. And I was like, no, I was like, I was like, why? Cause I've seen this before. What the Carolina Panthers did last off season is exactly pretty much what the Steelers are doing with Mitch Trubisky. It's like, I was just talking about, it's the, it's the proven narrative and I'm not, and, and truly the tools are there. The talent is there. That's undeniable. But there's just something about Mitch Trubisky. He can't put it all together. It's inaccurate throws. It's careless with the football. And these sort of things don't work on a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's just not going to work. It's going to be one of those experiments, like the Sam Darnold experiment, that was, you tried it out, you know, low risk, maybe high reward. But at the end of the day, it's just the, the Mitch Trubisky thing, the experiment is, is going to be a short one in, in Pittsburgh. That's That's not even a bold prediction. I think a lot of Steelers fans – are honestly bummed out by by this signing because they're like we we couldn't do better than this. We're the the Steelers are honestly one of those teams that they could be a quarterback away, and this was how you addressed it. That's that's disgraceful to me. I mean you 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 you're put picked a non proven starter on a ready made team. If this was like okay, if this was like the Carolina Panthers or a team that's more than a quarterback away, and that Rich Trubisky went there again, I can understand it. But the Steelers are potentially in that when all put chips to the table kind of mode, and this is the best you can do. I mean, when I look at it, they didn't really. I mean, who would you have rather them have signed? Would you think Jimmy Garoppolo would be a better fit for him? Yeah, I would. I would. T- I would for sure take Jimmy G because guess what? Jimmy G showed that he can get to a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, even at his highest level. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was, you know, a playoff type quarterback, but he wasn't lightening up like the, that. That Bears team was good on the on the back of the defense that you cannot forget that it was certainly not Mitch Trubisky, the MVP Nickelodeon value, most valuable player. Hey, hey, hey. I, I reckon that <laughs> those last like six to eight games, those that Bears offense was putting up a lot of points. Another defense was solid too, led by Khalil Mack, which we're going to get into in a second. But I yeah, still think yeah. he was a little bit underrated in that time span. Now, he obviously, you know, had a couple of years where he just kind of, you know, just didn't look all that great. Matt Nagy, you know, wasn't the greatest either. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little too high on Trubisky, but I, yeah. I understand what your questions of concerns are. But if I were a Steelers fan, I would much rather like the upside of a guy like Mitch Trubisky. We know Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's going to get his guys ready. And I don't think they're going to ask Trubisky to be someone that he's not. They're going to ask him to make those easy throws. I mean, like I said, Big Ben was not making any hard throws. Uh, me and you could make half the throws. He was he was making just a bunch of dump offs. So I'm hoping well, that you know you'll get this. I think we'll give the Steelers a level of you know on their offense that they haven't seen in whatever 18 years since Big Ben was there because Trubisky can actually you know move. He's pretty mobile. And you saw Big Ben. Sure, he liked to run, but man, did he not look good running? He looked like my dad trying to run down the field. Uh, my dad's watching the, my dad's listening to the podcast now. He's probably clicking off. Uh, but either way, I'm really high on Mitchell Trubisky. I'm ready to be humbled by just an absolute terrible start to the season. But I'm hoping, I'm happy for him to at least get a second chance. And I think if he's going to become a starting caliber QB, get that next big contract like we've been seeing a lot of QBs get. I mean, hey, this is the biggest time to get it. The Pittsburgh Steelers Nation will love you if you win some football games. So I'm excited for him. Yes, and they will boo you off the field if you turn the ball over like you did in Chicago. Just saying that. That is true. But let's stay in the same division. Go to the Browns because they made a yeah. big move trading for Amari Cooper. Now, we saw Amari Cooper was going to be released by the uh, Cowboys. Obviously, he's getting due like 20-something million over the next couple of years. And I guess they ended up trading him, I think, for just swapped like six-round picks with the Browns. Um, What's mm-hmm. your initial takeaway on this? Because we've seen, obviously, the Browns made one big splash for a, free, a wide receiver in a trade a couple of years back. Odo yeah. Beckham Jr., we see how that one worked out. What's your take on Amari Cooper? You think his fortune will be a little bit different for o- than OBJ's? No, no, I, I, I think I'm one of those people that I, I see I see Dallas's point of view and I'm like, I, I kind of like it. I like Dallas's point of view, what they did. They said, all right, when it comes to the Amari Cooper versus Michael Gallup, is there such a premium on Amari Cooper that we have to keep him? We have to sign into a long term deal and, and pay him all this money. Or do we take the younger talent of Michael Gallup, who's shown flashes? Yes, injuries, too. I like I like what Dallas did. I I don't like what the Browns did in, in this. I, I mean the Odell Beckham Jr. that that was a, that was a failed experiment. Why? Because you know what? The same variable is still there, and that's Baker Mayfield. Last time I checked, Baker Mayfield still the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. So what what's go, what's Amari Cooper going to do to change to change the fortunes of this team? Not much. I mean he he's just going to be uh you know probably Baker's number one option. But this is just not. 
I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm real. I'm high on what Dallas did because I see it from their point of view. Like, hey, that's that's a decent, you know, I don't know, departure, I guess, for them. I, I think, from my sense point of view, I think this is a win-win for both teams. Now, obviously, we'll start with the the Cowboys. They got rid of Cooper, and I know you know we could hear the Coop chants in the in the in in the at the Cowboys home games. That was cool to listen to, but you're right. This was a salary cap kind of thing. Gallup is, has been very good when he's gotten his chances. I think he'll be very good this season. If he can stay healthy, it was basically you're saving $10 million to get rid of Cooper and sign Gallup to an extension. You couldn't have physically him Gallup and obviously CD lamb at the helm. It just wasn't going to work out financially. So it was smart to get rid of Cooper. And I think for the Browns stance, I think it's going to work out. I think I'm on a little bit of a different spectrum for you because I think about you think about OBJ, you think about Jarvis Landry, who was just released. Both those guys, honestly, they cause a lot more drama off the field than really they should. And I think about Cooper as a guy that's just all about business, obviously coming from the Nick Saban model at Alabama. It's been strictly, I'm going to go, come here, do my job, and get out of here. Now, he's one of the better route runners in the league, and I think that will be important for Baker Mayfield. And I think Baker is due for a breakout year. He absolutely needs one, and I think he's just going to – He's heard enough of the hate. I mean, he sees his name on social media for absolutely no reason. People talking bad about him, and I don't blame him. I've been I've talked bad about Baker Mayfield more than more than yes. the next guy. Coming and from you, think, this is blasphemous. I think Amari Cooper will be a big add to this team, and I know they brought back Dearness Johnson. We'll see if Kareem Hunt's out of there. I don't think he will be, but I don't know why you pay Dearness Johnson, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. But whatever, it's the Browns. They do what they want. Um, but I really like this trade for both teams. OBJ just wasn't a good fit in Cleveland. And then Jarvis Landry was solid, but he never was that guy that could go down the field and make contested catches over guys. And so I'm excited for this trade. I know Cooper has dealt with some injuries in the past, but he normally plays a good amount of games, whether he's, you know, 75% or not. He's still a guy that can make plays for you. And I'm just excited for the Browns to get someone back like Amari Cooper. Not like it cost you an arm and a leg to get him like you might have needed. Yeah. I mean, what did the Cowboys trade? A first round pick and more things for him a couple years back. True. I like the move for the Browns. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just in a positive positive yeah, mood. But you I are, like because we're going to come back to this during the season. And and not only did you say Mitch Trubisky potential breakout, and he said Baker Mayfield. So, like, you've got two really, you know, potential foolish takes. But you could also I – will, I will give you your flowers if they pan out, but I will also uh, criticize you throughout the year for pretending like those guys were any good. But Amari Cooper, last, last point on this, though – as you just mentioned, though, this this Browns team, they're run first. They'll, they'll try to run it all three downs if they can. Amari Cooper is one of those receivers, not not a diva, not doesn't need a million targets. He'll go out there. If you ask him to run block for Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, he'll go ahead and do that. And that's that's where this this fit is good in terms of player wise. So I, I do I do like it at the end of the day. Yeah, know, so. Amari Cooper is 100% about winning. And I think that comes yeah. from Nick Saban, that comes from the Alabama model. And, and he's translated that into his, you know, mindset. And he did have some things come into the media uh, early on in the NFL season for the Cowboys. And that was when they were losing games and they were targeting him like three times a game. And he was like, I should be getting targeted a little bit more. I'm not really concerned about that. I think we'll see a good amount of targets here. Um, there's not really a lot of people that are going to take targets away from him. Yeah. I know they just franchise tagged and David and Joku for like 10 million a year, but I don't know. I like Amari Cooper, but let's the Browns. We'll, I mean, we'll see how this pans out. We still got six months before the season. Last team we'll talk about that's made a lot of moves. The Chargers as they signed. Well, they traded for Khalil Mack, just signed JC Jackson, the cornerback from the Patriots. They're making moves and this AFC West is quietly shaping up to be one of the best divisions in football. Absolutely. This is this is they're they they're they're following their LA friends, the the Los Angeles Rams. They're like, let's go all in. Let, let, let's just make a bunch of free agents and, and and trades. Let's see how close we can get to this. And I, I love what they're doing because why not? Like so many teams are, you know, approach free agency or pro- approach trades, you know, being shy. Like, well, you know, like the Patriots. The Patriots are one of those notorious teams. They never make any signings. They don't they, they always get rid of people. Hello, JC Jackson, that talent. So you let Stefan Gilmore and JC Jackson, and you don't think that's going to catch up to you. It will catch up to the Patriots. That's, that's, it's going to happen. But talking about the chargers, I mean, look, you, you add a great, another great edge rusher to already, already good, you know, pass rushing defense. You add, you sure up that secondary. I mean, and you need it facing Patrick Mahomes twice a year, now facing Russell Wilson twice a year. I mean, this is, this is going to be a really, really entertaining uh, team and division to watch. I, I think. I think now maybe they're like they've closed the gap between them and and potentially Kansas City a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the exact time you want to go all in and try to win some Super Bowls because, I mean, think about Justin Herbert still going to be on that rookie year for the next year or two or whatever it may be. And so you got money to play with. I mean, once he gets into the extension, he's going to be commanded $45 million a year, I would imagine, is where his Mm -hmm. salary will be roughly about kind of similar to like a Patrick Mahomes kind of thing. Um, And I like the moves. Now, I didn't even put them on here, uh, but they did. I don't remember that. I think they signed Sebastian – it was Joseph Day or something. I don't remember exactly, but they did sign some defensive tackles, which I'd argue are probably just as important as this Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson because we remember that Chargers team. What they couldn't do last year? Stop the run. They just got absolutely abused and abused. We know this because we just took the player props of the over and rushing yards for whatever running back based them. And it normally cash more often than not. So I'm excited for them to sign those guys to kind of shore up the trenches because they need to do that. You got to be able to stop the run to win football games. But this is awesome. I mean, they got – so much talent on the defensive side. I've seen some links to maybe Bobby Wagner potentially going to the Chargers, which would be pretty cool. But I don't know if that will pan out. But still, you got to be excited if you're a Chargers fan. I know there's they're building up a fan base in L.A. Hard to do it with the Rams just winning the Super Bowl. But a lot to like for the Chargers. Their colors are super cool. And they got Justin Herbert. They got Magic Mike Williams. And they got Austin Eckler, which I'm a big fan. If I had to pick a team in the NFC, I'd probably be leaning on the Chargers if I had to, or not in the NFC, in the AFC, like another team to root for besides the Jets, because I might be looking for a new team soon. I might be going to the Chargers. Maybe I'll jump on board while this guy got You should should jump on a team that knows how to draft. No, no, no. no. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. We don't need that. This is a positive day. (laughs) Shut up. You you just said you're looking to trade in your fandom. The Chargers are a perfect team. They have have all of the growth uh, potential, and honestly, if they, if they can conquer the Kansas City Chiefs or at least, you know, split it, split them. Right. Like, you know, when when one maybe at home versus the Chiefs, they'll be up in the playoff picture for sure. I, this this is a this is a team certainly headed in the right direction. One thousand percent. Now, let's transition into MLB. But before we do that, let's talk about yeah. one question from one of our supporters, Sean Murphy, always commenting on my NBA videos and on Twitter. We appreciate you for supporting us. He asked what our first year of betting was like, and I don't really want to go into too much of depth, but I'll let you kind of tackle this. Because obviously we're known for our betting and uh, our betting picks videos, even though my NBA ones have just been absolutely selling bad info for the past couple of weeks. But but uh, we're going to turn that around one of these days, maybe tonight, maybe we'll go one to no, hopefully. But either way, what was your first year of betting like? Because obviously, you know, we aren't experts. We don't claim to be experts at all, but we like to give our betting picks and hopefully they pan out pretty well. So I'll let you tackle this. I'll answer and then we'll move on to MLB. Yeah, well, okay. If we if we want to start, I I started gambling first in the NFL season uh, when I first moved to Pennsylvania because it was legal here, and I was I was pretty shocked with how backwards spreads were, and I was like I was like whoa 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 why why did that cash like I I didn't really understand why my square mentality wasn't translating to wins right when we always kind of make fun of the whole square bets the looks so good on paper bets but it's just a trap and I was getting trapped left and right and I'm not even gonna lie it was it was I had mi- really mixed results. I got burned out really quickly uh, on on NFL, but but then really the the shift came when when like I had a full year of MLB betting, right? And you know, you and I, you and I are gonna have a lot of fun with baseball. So if if you you know if maybe you guys are, are either either one don't like baseball or two maybe a casual maybe you could warm up to baseball, give it a try and and listen to us because we're gonna make it a lot of fun. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it this year, but. I had a full year to learn from my experiences and you're, you're experiencing right now, my post all-star break blues where just things that the, the trends and things that were working first half of the season don't work the second half of the season. So those are things that, and lessons that I want to, you know, apply more to my gambling career. And, and the longer you do it, the better you'll become. And again, what do we always preach on here? Bankroll manage. I mean, come on, don't bet the house one night and, and regret that decision. Don't don't bet something that you're going to regret six months from now, right? I agree with you. And so my I'll keep my story short and simple. I started, I don't know, a couple years back, um, just on a couple offshore books. Um, just I think I was on my bookie in Bovada, and I was the guy that just loved to play some parlays. I would just play some spreads, play some over-unders absolutely never cashed any of those. And that's what made me kind of look more into the math side of things. I wasn't really thinking, you know, thinking about where the public's percentage is at, where, where these teams, I wasn't doing a ton of research. I was waking up saying, "Mm, these, this matchup looks like a lot of points. I'm in, I'll take the over. I would never put a lot of thought into it. And that led led to me losing a lot of money. 
well, not, not a lot of money. I never, you know, I've never been some guy that's dropping a rack on a bet or anything like that. But <laughs> as I soonly, you know, kind of learned how to do more research and learned a bunch of different sites to use, I've gradually gotten better. Obviously, been focusing on player props over the past year or two in the NBA, and those have been more or less pretty profitable. Kind of been sticking to the things that I'm good at. I'm not going to be a guy that's going to go out here and bet a ton of future bets, a ton of, you know, plus odds, like plus 1,000 odds kind of things, because I've never found a lot of success with those things. But I stick to my minus 110s, my minus 130s, kind of things and that's what's been profitable for me now the first year mm-hmm. i wasn't very profitable i don't think a lot of sports bettors are profitable in their first year of, of betting but it's something that you learn throughout the years and kind of something you gain knowledge from and i'm hoping this knowledge i'm learning through these post all-star break blues are going to kind of translate into some wins going on in the rest of the nba season something we can track for next year and continually learn from it because all our shots not going away anytime soon yeah well it, exactly and i i hope what a lot of people can understand is sports betting it's 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 a trend it's about hot and cold streaks and unfortunately right now as we're recording this you're on a cold streak and these these things happen it's it can't always be one big hot streak simply we'd all be millionaires we all we vegas wouldn't look the way vegas does and if we if we all got on hot streaks all the time but you know what it's it's about riding the wave and you know be all right yeah, it's all about playing within your means. Now, if you exactly. you suddenly are, you know, are on a hot streak and then you go on a cold streak and you start upping your units, I wouldn't advise that. But you know, just yeah, managing yeah. your bankroll, continuing to place things that you really like, things that you think have a good value, good edge, and then hoping the ball bounces your way. I mean, some nights I'll go into a night with 10 picks, like 10 leans, and then I'll end up dwindling it down to four or three or four picks that I actually like. And it's painful when those three or four picks don't pan out and the other six or seven are absolutely crushing it. And that's been happening over the past couple of weeks. But hopefully I just have a better selection process throughout the rest of the NBA season. We get back to winning because yeah. it's a lot more fun making the videos when you're winning rather than you're losing. And you can yeah. speak on that. But yeah, without further ado, <laughs> we have a lot of exciting plans because the MLB is back and our opening day is this April 7th. Your last podcast we were talking, we're like, man, we just hope a baseball's back. And I don't think it was announced until the last – Wednesday night or maybe whatever. Uh, but we're happy that it's back. We didn't lose any games. So we still got 162 games. The whole grind of the season, man, we got to do some stretches before our, our, our episode. <laughs> but for people that are curious, yeah. they're like, Austin, what are you guys going to do for MLB? Austin, Logan, what are we doing? And so normally what you guys will see, maybe we'll have a little bit difference in terms of when videos are uploaded. Maybe the baseball will want to go first and then because the baseball one is going to be very similar to what we're doing right now. It's normally going to be, you know, Logan and I both on a screen like you're seeing now. We're going to be both talking about our favorite plays. Logan's going to focus on some, you know, spreads, money lines, and that sort of thing. Then I'll be focusing on a player prop or two every day while NBA season's in. And then maybe when ML and NBA season ends, maybe we'll do maybe two or three player props a day. And then we're obviously going to end with Nerfy Nation, maybe a parlay of the day. Who knows? We're going to have fun with it. But yeah. man, oh man, how excited are you back? We're going to talk about some of the biggest moves first. Yeah, I'm, 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 first of all, again, I'm, I'm just really excited because baseball season is, it's just different. And it, and it gets, it gives you, to be honest, a break from your ML or from, from your NBA exhaustion, right? You can get a little exhausted doing that. Here's another sport. It, every, every team has the equal opportunity to win a World Series this year. So there's a lot of things to look forward to. 100%. And we might as well start off with teams we like. We're going to talk, start off with some future bets, and then we'll talk about yeah. some uh, some of the moves. Unless you want to save these future bets for to end, just give a little spoiler um, for the people. Yeah, let's say let's save it to the end. I Yeah, let's just go ahead and do that last. Yeah, you're going to have to wait around for that. Now let's move on and talk about some of the big moves. And we're going to start with Carlos Rodon, traded from the White Sox, or signed. He left the White Sox and signed with the Giants. What's your initial thoughts on this move? Because after the Giants just lost Gosman, he's now a Blue Jay. More on him in yeah. a little bit, but... Rodon now a giant. They got a pretty good rotation. The the Giants do have a really good rotation, and and it, I mean that's you know it, they're one of those teams that that adding Rodon is is going to be great. Now, when when I think about Rodon as as a pitcher, he had he had some really good games and and some some really like games that that killed me because I you know everybody knows from oh, last year. Everyone knows from last year. I love me betting some White Sox. I had so, I had a few teams that I just loved. And when Rodon was on the mound, I was like, I was like, I don't know which version we're gonna get. And that, you know what? To be honest, though, I think I think you know San Francisco is poised to, to use him the best way possible. I mean, they've got a really strong uh, you know bullpen as well. So like, they're not gonna ride the the wheels off of Rodon at all. So I I really do like the move for them. Obviously, they have the hitting uh to to be a, a contender so again this is just one of those those moves that you saw happen and you're like that just makes sense you know considering what they're trying to do 
I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of Giants nerfies in our, uh, in our, at the yeah. end of the videos. I don't know. I have a good feeling about this Giants. I don't necessarily know if their offense is the best in the league. Definitely don't think it is. But I think their pitching is going to be good enough to keep them in a lot of games. And this was a team that was very close to moving on and getting close to the World Series last year. They just obviously couldn't get it done against the Giants or against the Dodgers. Um, yeah. And this is a team that could be poised for another year. I mean, that, that was kind of – last year was their wake-up call. It was kind of like a – arrive on the scene kind of thing like a hey we're here and we're, we're actually a good a good uh, mlb baseball team like we're not bad and they really achieved i think they were the first team to hit their over and and wins i think they were projected for like 70 something wins and they i think yeah. they went over 100 if i'm not mistaken um i'm excited for that move we'll see exactly how it pans out now moving on to another move that happened and it's with my team i'm a yankees fan although i'll, I'll kind of bandwagon the braves because i lived in atlanta but okay. <laughs> mostly, <Convenient>. mostly <laughs> convenient i'm a braves fan now i don't know if you knew um but gary yeah. sanchez traded for josh donaldson and a couple other guys were left i believe geo ursula and then i cannot pronounce the guy other guy the the uh yankees got. yeah uh yeah his name um what's your initial thoughts on this move because i have an opinion as a yankees fan um yeah, look. I saw him and Jer- Garrett Cole uh, squash the beef. For what, they what did, they did squash the beef. They did. I, they I didn't talk about it, and I, yeah, they addressed it. Okay, well, that's good because uh, a lot of players, Josh Donaldson included, did not did not have kind words for Mr. Cole last year. But I mean, I, yeah, to be honest, it's one of those trades that I don't think it really moves the needle for either team. It was just one of those like swapping assets kind of thing. It's like you know. Obviously, if if I'm the New York Yankees, a team that goes for it every single year, one of the biggest payrolls every single year, whatever they were doing last year wasn't working. So they're like, how are we going to shake it up a little bit without nuking our whole team? This is one of those moves that, you know, you, you get Josh Donaldson. He, he fits the build, right? Like this is this is what the, the Yankees do. He's one of those, you know, classic Yankees players, if you ask me. It's just, you know, the, he looks the part. He'll, he'll play the part. So it's one of those things like I don't know that this necessarily made anyone run out and go bet a Yankees World Series future, but I don't know. It, it makes sense. Yeah, as a Yankee fan, I can kind of agree with that. I'm not necessarily thinking we're back, baby, or this is our <laughs> it's our you know World Series to lose. But as a guy that's watched Gary Sanchez over the past, really over his whole career, he's just been – and I think the Yankees have way too many guys like this that are just home run or bust. And Gary Sanchez was literally the epitome of home run or bust. If he wasn't getting a home run, he was striking out. Man was hitting like about barely above 200, sometimes in the 180s. He was not good, and he was just hitting home runs, which was good. You're playing in Yankee Stadium, not that hard to hit a home run. But I'm excited for Donaldson, improve their defense a little bit, and he's going to hit a better percentage than Gary Sanchez. He he can't possibly go worse than Sanchez, and that's something that well, when I'll talk about my MLB future bet, it's a team that loves getting on base, not a team that hits a lot of home runs. And I'll be talking with them in a second. Won't hint at them just yet, but. It is a team in the same division, I won't lie to you. Um, that probably spoiled it. But either way, I like the move. I think it's a good shakeup for the team a little bit, getting rid of a couple guys that were in their starting lineup. Now we're placing them. And they're still going to have Judge, still going to have Stanton. Those are the two guys that are going to get a lot of the pictures, a lot of the praise, a lot of the autographs and all that stuff. But they need other guys to fill in their roles. And I think this is a good trade for them. Gary Sanchez getting them out of there and getting a new guy and a new, new face in town. I think it's a good move. It will move the needle and make them, you know, win 25 more games and no but i think it's a good move because we always saw gary sanchez on the dl or il i guess and he was just always either injured or just striking out and it was very frustrating as a uh, yankees fan to watch yeah well the the yankees whole motto is home runner bust like that that's just sad but that's that's i mean when 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 the right field wall is you know i could jump over it pretty much uh (laughs) yeah i mean it, it makes sense uh, but you know, I, again, th- 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 that division is going to be interesting. We're going to talk about it here shortly because, spoiler, my my picks the same, same division. So <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about it in a second. Let's talk about Freddie Freeman um, and Matt yeah. Olson. Now, Freddie Freeman has been linked to the Yankees, sort of. I don't imagine that he goes to the Yankees, but we'll see. The Yankees, you know, are big spenders. They don't care. They'll spend whatever they, they need to get a guy, and we'll see. Maybe he, Freddie Freeman signs by the time that uh, the podcast goes live. So we'll address him maybe next week because I imagine Freddie Freeman has a, ne- a new team by next week. Um, yep. But Matt Olson, it seems Freddie Freeman stays in, in Atlanta or numbered. I don't think he's ever uh, – we will, probably won't see him. Matt Olson obviously traded from the athletics, and they gave up a lot for Matt mm-hmm. Olson. They gave up like their numbers, one, three, I think four top five, ten prospects. So they gave up a lot for him. It doesn't seem like we're going to see Freddie Freeman back. Obviously, they both play the same position. What's your initial move on this? Because obviously, Freddie Freeman, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan like like myself, um, you will uh, you will uh, 
you would know everyone loves Freddie Freeman. You probably half the jerseys there are either Acuna or Freddie Freeman. People love him there in ATL. And now you get yeah. Matt Olson, not no scrub by whatever I mean, almost 40 home runs last year. Very good guy, but Freddie Freeman's just grown in that Atlanta, you know, fan base. They love him there, and they're gonna have to love Matt Olson, which I think they will, but it's gonna be a big loss for the reigning World Series champs. Matt Olson, Matt Olson was pretty much the pulse of the athletics, or he was he was the big driving factor of why the A's won a lot of the games that they did. He if 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 maybe you're a casual, maybe you don't watch some A's baseball like like myself, uh, but you 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 might maybe not even know the name Matt Olson. Like it, he Fr- Freddie Freeman is more of the face. He's the one everyone knows. But I'm telling you, Atlanta, you got a hell of a player. If you know it, it's. I love Matt Olson's upside a lot more than Freddie Freeman. I know I, I might get booed on that, but I, I just I, I love the fit for the Braves. It's it's one of those it's one of those moves that that I th- I think makes sense because baseball teams don't just give up prospects like like draft picks in the NFL, right? Because baseball there's a whole farm system, right? There's there's a lot more that goes into it. So for a team to give up as much as they did and have a player already like Freddie Freeman, they're putting such a premium on Matt Olson and valuing him more than Freddie Freeman significantly, which shows you how much trust and belief they have in Matt Olson. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think Matt Olson, he could even have a better year than he had last year. And I think I would almost guarantee last year was his best ever career yeah. or year in his career. So he really blossomed onto the scene for an athletics team that was very up and down, a team that some games win by 12, lose by 12 the next day, a very up and down team. And team that really appears to be selling the whole team. They're just going on a fire sale. Just getting rid of everyone and probably will make some more moves by the next week or so before next podcast. But I like this trade. You know, if you're going to lose a guy like Freddie Freeman, a guy that's been in, you know, the MVP talks every year, and he's just been up there, it's hard to find a better replacement for at first base than Matt Olson, a really good just kind of glue guy, guy that will absolutely play his role and do pretty well. Yeah. I wonder – I haven't looked at when Acuna Jr. will be back, um, but I imagine – soonish hopefully within the first couple i don't i haven't i haven't honestly looked i haven't looked into his injury status so hopefully he's back soon but team's got a lot of firepower there's a reason they're up near the top in terms of future bets yeah i i don't know i'm not rushing out to better Braves future because they, in the playoffs they really caught lightning in a bottle with their pitching yeah. like it was it was like it was just one of those like i don't know that you'll see it from a team but that's that's why baseball is amazing because these teams with crazy odds can win the world series right the favorite baseball's weird like that the favorite doesn't always win so yeah and so we might as well transition into our favorite nfl or mlb futures that we do like now it was a question from one of our cos all-stars boo boo's brother he was asking us do you guys have a team or teams that would be a good early bet in the mlb to win the world series and any sleeper mlb teams to lay money on as well and so we're going to give you our favorite uh bet that we like could I say the Dodgers? Yeah, but that's plus 600. And we're not giving you plus 600 winners. Because like Logan said, it's hard, one, to win a, a World Series. And number two, to be the biggest favorite in one one It just doesn't happen all that often. So, Logan, lay yeah. down your favorite bet, uh, futures bet, with a little bit of value, and then I'll give them mine. Yeah. All right. So, buckle in COS Nation. If you, if you watched or followed baseball at all, you knew I had a rational love for the Toronto Blue Jays. And that and that love is going to continue once again today. I mean, you're right now the odds as I'm looking at it right now for the Blue Jays plus twelve hundred for a team. If you look at if you look at one of their their big weaknesses last year, or the reasons why I got duped into into thinking, well, the Blue Jays are going to win in this situation more more than not. It was their pitching, right? You know, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray's not on this team anymore. Robbie Ray um, and 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 people like that. Had had and, and Ryu had to carry such a big load, and oftentimes they got smoked. and And it didn't matter how good the the hitters were for the Blue Jays; they just couldn't keep up with the lack of pitching. Well, guess what? In the off season, they got Gosman, as we as we kind of talked about, and they also got uh, Kikuchi from the Seattle Mariners. And I mean, the, shoring up the pitching rotation. That's why when I'm looking at this list, I'm like, it's interesting that the Blue Jays are this high. And it's because of the potential. Because I mean, look, I'm I'm going to read you their their rotation real quick. Tell me, tell me if there's maybe eight teams better than this. I don't think there are. Barrios, yeah, he's he's up and down. All right, I know, I know, I know. Don't get me started. Gosman, Ryu, Kikuchi, and Manoa. That's I mean, that's about as solid as it gets in baseball. Coupled with the obvious, you know, power hitting that that, that they have, you know, with Vladdy and and Biggio and all of those. I tell me, tell me how besides them just kind of collapsing i mean the the blue jays are are to me the the no-brainer value play throw sprinkle some money on it 
Yeah, you know, when I was looking at these lists, and obviously the Dodgers are first, then Astros, White Sox. Um, I I don't mind the blue the value for the Blue Jays. I think they're a good team to bet on. Obviously, they got all the talent in the world. Got a lot of young guys too, a lot of good young hitters that will likely win some MVP trophies as the years go on. And they have a very good rotation. You're right. They lost Robbie Ray, the grunt in Robbie Ray, but they still got back <laughs> a lot of good guys, a lot of guys that can really shore up that rotation. And sometimes it's not all about. I think I think people, and I don't know how many people say this, but your rotation's only as good as your fourth and fifth guy. You you can win games with your number one and two, but you're not going very far in the league if you don't have a good four, three, four, five guy. And they got a very deep depth in that position. Now, obviously, when you get to the playoffs, you aren't starting all five guys every game. You're normally kind of storing that rotation down to three or four, which is good for the Blue Jays because they got elite three or four, and then their four and five is a little bit suspect. But I do like the Blue Jays. Got all the talent in the world. And if their pitchers aren't doing well, they can still flat out outscore you too. So I think they're going to be yeah. a very popular play though. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit of a square play. And I told you, I, I I fell into the trap a lot last year. I'm like, why isn't this offensive juggernaut hitting? But I mean, if you're going to give them decent pitching, if they're able to win games, you know, four to one rather than having to score eight to seven type to eight, games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, this is, this is where they, they could really blossom. And, and plus, I mean, this can't be, this, this should be talked about. The, the Blue Jays were playing in a, in a weird situation last year where they didn't even, weren't even able to play in their home stadium. I mean, their, their home crowd is actually one of the better home crowds in, in major league baseball. They've got a little bit of a following up there in Toronto. That dome gets loud. So I'm just saying like, it's, it's one of those, give them a, give them a full year playing at their home stadium and see what, see what happens. Yeah. No, I agree with you. The only negative I think about the Blue Jays is, and I think that this might come to bite them is that they're not even the best team in their division. I mean, that's where my, <laughs> my pick is. And I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays. Am I a Tampa homer? Cause I, I'm in this town city. Maybe so, but what do the Rays do? They win games. It doesn't matter if they're hitting. They don't have a single home run all season long. This team wins games, and they get people on the mound. They get people on the bases, and they are elite with running around the bases. All that, all the gritty stuff, the Rays do, and they always just find ways to win games. Even if they're trying to tank, they find ways to win games. And I don't know. I just love the Rays team. I probably couldn't name you more than three or four players on their whole team, but they just find ways to get it done. And this is a Rays team. Obviously, they're going to have a lot of competition with the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox and obviously the Oreos at what plus fifty thousand that uh, Ryan Mountcastle's on the on the come up, but <laughs> I love the Rays. I think you know they've been close. They've always are in the conversation, always kind of leading this division. I think they'll be able to lead it because they're love them or hate them. They're one of, and you might probably never watch a lot of Rays games. Trust me, there's not a lot of people in the stands. If I'm going to be honest, um, but <laughs> regardless, this is a team that wins wins baseball games, and they're going to always always be at the top of this division. So I really like them this year. They're going to probably be in the playoffs once again. They got great pitching, they got great hitting. And they just find a way with find ways to win games. So I'm all in on the Rays. Give give them to me plus fourteen hundred, a steal. Isn't it isn't it crazy that we we both picked two teams out of the same division that weren't the Red Sox or Yankees? I, I think that's 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 wild. Like I mean, that's the look. This this division to me is going to be definitely. It always is one of the most intriguing divisions because of just you know all the talent it has in it. But I mean, I don't know. The the, the Rays are one of those teams. They've got they've got a, like you said a lot of young talent, but. So some of the people, some of the the talent that they rely on, you know, game in game out, like like Glass now. I mean, oh man, don't get me started. All the games where I was like, it's like who's this guy? Blake well, Snell. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't have Blake Snow anymore. Yeah, but it, it's just one of those like I, I, you're going, you're relying on the the pitching to take that next step, and because like they show they showed flashes last year. That's what makes the Rays organization so good. They they turn out the young talent probably better than most teams. But it's how they they mature and how they they continue to get better. Because again, with pitchers, you know they can burst onto the scene a little bit. But as the hitters, you know, are able to adjust to them, I mean, some of these young pitchers might struggle because you know you're the book's written on you. So I'm just saying the the race the race look love the pick love the odds on it. So I'm not going to tell yeah, you wrong. It's a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's I mean it's a plus fourteen hundred pick. It's hard to project. I mean, injuries and all that stuff. We never really know who's who's going to come in and play all that well. But it's just a raised team that they do need some guys. They need stars to kind of show up and play their role and do what they're good at. But I think that division is really anyone's. I mean, they got what is this? They got the Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays, and the Red Sox all under plus two thousand odds. I mean, if you just want to take AL East or the field, I'm curious what the odds are of AL East or the field because I, I mean, they're they're up. They're the, those are the four teams. I mean, you look at the AL. 
those are the four teams that are up there. I mean, you got the Astros and White Sox, the numbers one and two, and the rest of them are from the AL East. So we're going to see another team in New York that I'm interested in watching them is the New York Mets. I'm curious your kind of thoughts on them because this team has the best two-headed pitching duo that any team has out there. But that's the problem with the Mets is that they always look so good on paper. Obviously, they have Scherzer and, uh, and DeGrom. But that's the problem. They always have those two guys. They always look good on paper and then they absolutely – just absolutely flop when the season comes on. The problem with the Mets, and what I'm always going to say, they, they've they got the pitching. And they had the pitching last year, relatively speaking, to do so. Like they, The Mets were one of those teams, their, their games, and I'm not even exaggerating this, a lot of their games finished under five total runs combined, both teams. Take the under more often than not, you'll you'll be right in, in Mets games. Their offense is just it's it's just not there. And and look, I'm gonna need to see a lot more before I'm rushing out to go bet a, a Mets future because yeah, they've got the pitching to do it, but where's the hitting coming from? I mean, it's Pete Alonzo. I love me some Pete Alonzo. Like, don't don't get me wrong, Pete Alonzo's gonna have to step up. I mean, uh, what's his name? Lindor. I'm, I'm really what what Lindor's probably their only other Yes, I, I was I was drawing a, a blank. Lindor, exactly. Lindor. It, he's he's so irrelevant in my mind. It's like I, I it's whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean they're paying him a lot of damn money. So those the, these these bats have to produce for them to to really be where they need to be. Yeah, and that's the only thing that concerns me for taking them at plus eleven hundred, which is even less odds than our Blue Jays and Rays picks. I mean, yeah. they're number four on FanDuel in terms it's Dodgers, Astros, White Sox, then Mets. So it always seems like a lot of people have high expectations for the Mets. I know Roanoke, one of our supporters, is a Mets fan. So maybe for his sake, maybe his team will uh, will, will step up. But I just never – it's like a, I got to see it to believe it. The Mets have always kind of been this team that their fans get excited for, and then they just fall flat on their face. And I'm hopeful that they do pretty well. It's good to see two teams in New York, or really any team in New York, to play well. But I'm a little bit skeptical. I know Scherzer and DeGrom will carry them. But we've seen DeGrom's record in the past. His record will be terrible, be like 11 and nine with a less than two ERA. And he's like, thanks for nothing, guys. I mean, that's just his, that's his life. So I'm hopefully they get a little bit more kind of run support. If they could average, if this, this team was in the top 10, 12 teams in terms of runs per game average, they'd probably win close to 90 something games that they can do that. But I'm just not confident that they can win that, uh, have that good of a kind of hitting streak. Yeah, their their division's interesting. I mean, if you're looking at, at who they got in their division, that could be potential contenders. You got the Phillies, you've got the the Braves, obviously. So it's like it's one of those like, do I like them so much over the field as far as where their where their odds are? To me, it just doesn't make sense. Like I I, I really like you you are you are gambling on this is the ultimate gamble. You're gambling on something you haven't seen from the Mets in a while, which is just some prolific offense. Like that's that and the Mets are like complete polar opposite. So we'll, we'll see. It's, I mean, it's good odds for a reason as far as like it's the pitching. That's what drives it. Yeah. Scherzer underground. We're going to have to carry that team if they're going to get anywhere. So hopefully both those guys can stay healthy. Um, that's all we got for our, uh, our cheat sheet. You had anything else before we close out this episode? No, that, this, this has been an amazing episode. You, you guys can already detect how excited we are for baseball season, but also NFL. I mean, we're, we're a long way from it, but look, this is, this is why calling our shots so great. I mean, we, we hit yeah. on everything. Yeah, you so. are right. We're going to be back and ready to go for MLB season. It is officially three weeks away tomorrow, so definitely get amped up. Set it on your calendars, April 7th, I believe, unless I got that date wrong. I believe that is the opening day, but it's going to be exciting. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 28 of our podcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week. I'm sure there will be a ton of different topics, Deshaun Watson, some more MLB trades, Freddie Freeman, where's he going? be a ton of things to cover, so it's been exciting been a great episode we'll be back again next week thank you guys all for tuning into the podcast and we'll catch you guys again next week it's been the call on a shop podcast it's been austin and logan and we'll catch you guys in the next one peace out